0: The idea of selling your salon or your spa can often come from a feeling of frustration or lack of motivation. I don't know about you, but when I owned my salon, I considered selling it about five times. If I had a particularly bad few weeks uh, or months, the thought would often creep into my mind. I'm sure you can relate. As I've discovered, most salon owners have felt this way at some point in their journey. and. As a salon owner, we work countless hours on and off the floor. We manage an entire team of humans, and often a large following of clients. You may feel like you're exhausted. Everything that your business has to offer to date, and have worked so hard to get your salon to where it is today. However, if the time has come for you to let go and move on, and you want to change your lifestyle, begin to reap. the the other benefits that can come from owning a salon, then it may be time to sell. I totally get it. I've been there too. So if this is you, you could be feeling overwhelmed about the whole process and not know where to start. This certainly was a roadblock to me following through and selling all of those times. Should you be selling? Should I not be selling? Is this the right time? Is this the right decision for you and the future of your business? and the future of you and your family. So that's why today I wanted you to meet Ian Jones. Now he's a business broker and the founder of Direct Business Hub. Now Ian is super excited to help owners just like you decide whether selling is the right move. And he has all the top tips and the must know secrets for the hair and beauty industry from a business and a business selling perspective. So you need to listen to what insights he has up his sleeve. (laughs) So let's dive in and meet Ian. Enjoy the episode. Ian, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Pleased to have you here.
1: Thanks, Larissa. Really glad to be here and yeah, really glad to to join you today.
0: So let's start with this. Uh, For those that don't know who you are, uh, why don't you invite us into your world? Who are you? (laughs) Where are you in the world? What do you do? How did you get to be doing that?
1: Okay. Well, my name's Ian Jones. I'm uh, based in uh, Newcastle in uh, New South Wales of Australia. I I really got into this. Uh, I've always been involved in helping people to buy and sell businesses in different capacities, for. Well, I guess for most of my working life. And I absolutely love it. Uh, it's a milestone moment for just about everybody and uh, find that people need help they need support and it's a big decision that uh, it's a big responsibility but something I love to be able to help it's very rarely about the business it's almost always about the people.
0: Yeah that's that's so true so I'm really interested in this topic because uh, in the 20 years that I was a salon owner I probably seriously or maybe not so seriously, considered selling my business on five different occasions. And I obviously only followed through on the one, uh, which is when I finally sold. And um, I'm really interested in your thoughts and your experience around uh, when do people actually decide to follow through and sell their business? And how do we know that this is the time? Because I think it can be a little bit scary for one. um, And two, how do we read you know, the sort of false or positive feeling that we have when we want to sell? What are the reasons that we should really act on versus, uh, okay, it's not really the right time? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, it's a funny one, because it looks different for different people at different times. And everybody's story is unique everybody's started somewhere and has a different goal and aspiration and sometimes it's just you know what the kids have reached a certain age and stage in life and i need a break i need to do something else and that's the right perfect you know perfect time for that person and other people are going well, you know what, I'm not going to sell it until I reach a certain revenue or business value or they've got different goals and aspirations and other people, you know, health might be an issue. Uh, Sometimes just the frustrations of uh, owning a business and the challenges that people have. So it really looks different. We could talk to 10 different salon owners and their stories and their timing will be a little bit different. But usually, you know, in here, you know, they know. And just because somebody sells their business doesn't mean it's their end of their ownership journey because it might just be that, you know, that particular business was right for a season and they're about, might be another three or five or 10 years later, they, rejo- they, they rejoin the, the, uh, the salon ownership uh, journey and start another one that might look and feel a little bit different because they're a little bit different as well at that time.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, I know for me, um, I knew the time was right when I could see and and clearly identify what was next for me. And I yeah. think about the four previous times that um, that I chose, obviously not to sell at the time. Um, if I was really honest with myself, it, it was probably out of frustration and wanting to run away and hide under the bed um, because it just got too hard. Um, And when I finally sold and actually followed through, it's because I had a clear plan of what was next and I was excited about the future and I was ready to close a chapter of my life and open a new one. I turned 40 and the business turned 20 and it felt like a real milestone. And I thought, okay, um, now's the time for the next 20 years of my life to look different. But if I think back to the previous times, really they were just out of, if I'm really honest, out of frustration and things getting hard, or team members leaving, and it's like, ah, I just want to leave too, or whatever it is. So, uh, I always take that into consideration when people are considering selling. It's like, is this really what you want, or is it just, um, what is it, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Really, just it's just that business is hard, you know, and, and we can work through it. Uh, yeah. Those are my thoughts, anyway.
1: No, I agree. Yeah, and I see that all of the time. Like I said, everybody's got their own little journey and pathway and, um, you know, the right time for one person might look a little bit different to the next one, but you're quite right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about um, how we've made the decision. It's time to sell. What are some of the things that we need to think about? Um, what would you say is the very first thing that, Uh, a salon owner needs to do, they've made the decision, this is time, I'm ready to move on to something else, whether that's parenthood or uh, another journey or another business or just taking a break, what's the first thing that uh, you would encourage them to do?
1: Well, when people ask me, look, what are your three tips? What are the things that they should give consideration to? I'd always start with the three Ps you know, prepare, have a plan, and also have a purpose as well. You know, just as you said earlier, what is your purpose? What's your why? Why are you doing it? Make sure you're selling for the right reasons. I find that. It's really easy to get into business. the hard part is staying there and making a quid out of it. And when it's really time to do that you really want to be very clear that that is the reason and when you have that plan and the purpose um, everything tends to align so much better.
0: Yeah, okay, I love that purpose. I know for me um, it was a bit of leave the party while it's still going. Yeah. Like leave at the top of the game like don't wait for things to change like While you're winning, that's a really great time to exit and say goodbye because everybody's still happy and having a good time. Um, You know, that's timing is everything a little bit, I think, and and how you go about um, you doing that. So I love, I love the why, which was kind of what we were talking about before. Um,
1: Actually, to that end, I've actually heard people say, and I absolutely agree, it's one of those things where they say the hardest time to sell is often the right time to sell. Because it's just going so well. It's absolutely perfect timing. And um, yeah, the hardest time to sell is often, you know, for a lot of people is the right time. It's at the peak of its game. Yeah.
0: And and I think, in terms of somebody else stepping into the business to take it over and to, um, you know, for a continuation plan, this also should be the right time when things are going really well. You've nailed things financially, it's going well, the team are great, systems and processes are in place. Uh, this should be the time to exit so you you know you're passing over you've done all the hard work it's like you're handing over the party that's already going and everybody's drinking lots of wine and having a good time this is the time to <laughs> hand over ownership of the party not at the beginning not at the end of the party when all the you know the glasses are empty um while the party's going that's a good time to sell I think because you're going to get the best return on all the investment of time and money that you've put in right
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and um you know so again you know from and, and flowing on from that the, the next thing is know what your business is worth you know yeah. so many people they go okay it's time to sell but don't really know what it's worth or don't know the process of understanding exactly what it's worth because you can have a look at three different salons on the same street or in different suburbs or across different states that could be you know, might look the same, but have three very different values about it. And um, it, the circumstances around that. And a little bit later on, we'll talk through that point about how to be, get an idea of what a business might be worth and what your salon specifically might be worth. You know, in the current market and what it's looking like now versus maybe 12 months or 24 months ago might be a little bit different. And the same, you know, we don't have a crystal ball and don't understand what the world might look like in another year or two from now. But there are certainly some guidelines about, you know, what it might be worth in the current market and uh, love to talk to that point a little bit later. But yes, certainly um, know what your business is worth. It's a really important point. Okay, let's
0: outline what we're going to talk about. I want to talk about about price. I think that's really important. We'll do that. I'd like to talk about this topic of confidentiality through the sale process. I think that's a hot topic and one of a lot of concern. Um, let's go back to getting started in the sale process. And uh, I know you're a business broker, so I'm sure you have some thoughts about this, but I used a broker to sell my business and um, I, and I, I, my instinct is that that's the right way to do it. Like, you know, stick to your knitting, do what you know. And I've never sold a business before. I didn't know what the heck to do. I felt confident and comfortable having somebody else lead me through that process. What are your thoughts on why, why should we have the expense of a broker?
1: Well, look, I think brokers play a really important part. They they have experience. It's not the first time. It's not their first rodeo is an old expression. They've sort of been there, done that. But I also... You know, Direct Business Hub, the way that we tend to operate, it's a specialist partner for, you know, business and franchise owners who actually want to sell their business privately. And um, what we do is we actually empower them with the tools, the resources, um, because quite frankly, often they're the people that understand the, the business and the salon better than anyone. So, you know, we provide a single portal where they can advertise their business on just about, to active business, you know, buyers all over Australia, and with the support and the tools uh, to achieve a confidential, timely, and successful sale outcome without the selling fees or um or commissions. So there's a time and a place, and it's never a one-size-fits-all approach because you know you're right. Business brokers can add a lot of value to a sale process. Uh, but there's also nobody that own, knows the salon better than the salon owner themselves. So it's a matter of finding out what is the right purpose, what is the right plan, what's the right fit for your specific salon and not just assume that, yes, I need a broker, yes, I can do it on my own because, you know, there's a lot of nuance to this as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, really, where do you start? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the, the, the timely um, topic because I think setting expectations of how long some, this process is going to take and what that process looks like can be a little bit daunting. I know for me that in the early days that was uh, one of the, the whole thought of the whole process definitely put, it, put me off. It was much safer and more secure to just stay in business than try to think about selling it. So talk to me a little bit about, about some of those expectations.
1: Well, we need to talk about, you know, preparing, have a plan, having a purpose. And once we've sort of decided that, look, it is the right time to sell, um, then I would strongly suggest, you know, as we talked about, understand what the um, the business is worth. And then it's a matter of saying, well, look, the truth is in different markets, it can take a different time to actually to, to sell. And, you know, sometimes uh, it's funny because confidentiality is absolutely crucial. And I'd strongly recommend that. We've got some advice and we're happy to provide some resources to help, um, you know, the salon owners to write the perfect ad because I think that's really crucial as well. But maintaining confidentiality throughout the process is really key. It's not rocket science to identify who a logical, you know, buyer might be. You know, there's usually, you know, one of five typical buyers. You've either got... You know, a a customer, a competitor, a supplier, a staff member, or somebody wanting to make a strategic acquisition. That's not rocket science. We know who who all of those people are, but they're also the same people that you don't want to know you're on the market for a whole host of, you know, reasons around confidentiality, um, you know, how vulnerable you might make your business to a competitor or a staff member wanting to understand more about it and then not securing the transaction or so there's an old expression you never let the tail wag the dog so you always make sure you're in control and you can manage every part of the transaction process and that includes identifying who you want to expose the business to, and how you invite them into the process. Uh, So we, whilst it's important, we know who the logical buyer might be, we every single transaction, we want to identify who's in an active buyer, who has a motivation, who has a need, who has a want, and who aligns their wants and their needs with your salon when we're able to match the two we're able to negotiate from a much stronger position and inevitably we'll achieve a higher price and much more favorable terms so again it's always just starting with the end in mind being very clear about what you want to achieve and we've got lots of resources and tools and uh, and I'm happy to provide all of these things, including a definitive checklist, you know, for selling your business, that every salon owner should uh, should should see, whether they want to sell now, or in, you know, think in five or 10 years down the track. It's a great resource and it will be a big help to them.
0: I actually think, um, I think you're right. What I loved about what you said is that if you're looking now, great, that makes sense to look at the checklist now, but even if you're looking in five and 10 years down the tr- track, I think look at it now with the end in sight. Um, yeah. I Five years before I sold, I investigated or I thought to myself, in five years' time, here's my five-year plan. And when I get to the end of five years, I'm either going to sell or I'm going to replicate. Yeah. So I'm either going to have multiple uh, sites because I would have organized, systemized, and planned my business to the T that I can do that. Or it'll be in such good shape. And the party will be roaring that I can sell it on to somebody else. I didn't know what the outcome was. But with that mindset, it changed everything about the way that I did business over those next five years, because I was super clear on uh, what I was doing, why I was doing, and then it shaped how we went in and implemented those those changes to the business. So I would recommend for those of you listening, go and get the checklist, uh, whether it's a now or it's a later, because that process in itself is going to really help you narrow the focus of how you work on your business with the end in mind now.
1: Yeah, Yeah? absolutely, absolutely, good advice.
0: Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, um, let's just go back to the time thing, because I know for me, um, it took 11 months to sell my business. I knew it was going to be a a long time you know, a long time. To me, that felt like a long time. (laughs) It's like, um, you know, it's like I found selling my business a bit like having a divorce, except for we were still in love. Like I loved my team and it was really traumatic to leave them. It was like breaking up. Um, But you can't tell people that you're going to break up with them before you break up with them, because it changes the relationship immediately so 11 months felt like a really long time but I knew it was going to be that long and I think sometimes I have conversations with people that think they're going to put it on the market and someone's going to buy it in a couple of weeks what are you what like what's the range what what's realistic was 11 months a long time a short time like what's what's the bandwidth here
1: no look it's funny because um You know, it doesn't matter how good or professional we are, it's how long it's going to take, you know, there's the old expression again, it's as long as a piece of string, how long is it, and it it will look and feel differently for everybody. You know, certainly I can speak, you know, the the statistics in Australia is that the average cell time certainly pre-COVID was this now, it was starting to extend over 12 months. And, uh, you know, but we've seen examples where, you know, we've helped people sell their business in, in you know, in weeks and months, you know, you know, very, very quick ones. And then sometimes, you know, it can take many months to sell. So anywhere between, say, 6 and 12 months is not unusual. Uh, the one thing that's really important, though, is making sure that your business represents value for a buyer. Because if there's plenty of salons on the market, and a buyer has a choice. What's going to set your business apart? Why are they going to choose your business as opposed to another? And the other thing as well, you could be on the market for 1 week, 1 month or 10 years if the buyers that are active in the market don't know that you're for sale. They're never going to be able to choose your business. So it's a matter it's a
0: of, secret.
1: No, that's exactly right. Well, we joke about selling secrets all of the time because confidentiality is so is so important to it. Uh, But you still need to make sure that active buyers can find the opportunity and making sure that they can identify that your opportunity actually fits with their plans and their resources and all of those sorts of things. Can they afford it? Do they have the resources? You know, are they looking for a team with uh, with two staff or are they looking for one with 20? You know, are they looking for one that they, you know, a fixer or upper? Are, are they looking at, you know, equivalent in real estate terms to the worst house and the best street that they can do something with? Or are they looking for a business that has all of the systems and the structure in place that they can literally just come in as an owner and let the management team look after? It's a better we need to really nut down what your opportunity is and make sure that anybody that does want to buy it can find it. But again, the art, it's a little bit of an art and a little bit of a science, but again, writing the perfect ad so they cannot identify your business over somebody else's so that when you take them through the confidentiality process, you're doing it in a way that protects your business And ultimately, it protects your team, it protects all of your intellectual property, the relationships that you have with suppliers, with your clients, and you really want to make it a great transition for a new owner. But unless you understand all of that um, in advance, um, you don't know what a transition might look like because a new buyer might come through and go, they've got exactly the same skills that you have and want the same role that you have. But if they want to come in with different expectations, a different skill set, they just want to be the meter and greeter at the front, or they want to really get hands on and providing the wonderful you know, service to their customers, it might look a little bit different. So being yeah. open minded is really important.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. It reminds me a little bit about uh, a little bit like house hunting. You know again there's the, all of those different types of categories of people some are looking for a doer upper some are looking for the house already done Some want a brand new one with you know double glazing windows and some want to rip it apart and put their own stamp on it and i can see this happens in the housing market also people rush to do their house up so they can sell but it's kind of like you know you put brand new purple curtains on and fresh green carpet and somebody comes along and goes i don't like green and purple i'm going to change it and you spend all of this money making it pretty for sale Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's the right or wrong thing to do. It's just like, actually, at the end of the day, you only need one buyer. You just need to wait for the one person. Um, There's no predetermined perfect way to sell your business either, is there?
1: Yeah. And the interesting there is that might, uh, you're right, but I mean, there might at times be half a dozen people going, wow, that salon, you know, that'll never come on the market ever again. That person like you, you know, had the salon for 20 years and finally, it's on the market and everybody's going, wow, that's the only opportunity I'm going to have. And there might be half a dozen people wanting it. Well, obviously, if it's all done right, you've got the opportunity to perhaps uh, select the one that's going to fit better into your team. Have be somebody that you can work with with a really great transition. But in situations where you do only have the one buyer and that buyer, you know, is, um, is the one Uh, the one thing that can influence the length of time your business is on the market is that one person might not be looking for a business right now they might be waiting for a redundancy a situation to change within their home environment they might be waiting for finance to flow through from a sale you know or an investment property or their home that have been waiting on for a long long time so whether that person's on the market now or in the market in, say, six months' time is something that can certainly have an impact on how long your business takes. So uh, patience is one thing, but regardless of when your business sells, it's a matter of ensuring that you're ready when they are. Because if they're looking, you want to make sure you're always ready. And that's why we always talk about mm-hmm. that. Starting with the end in mind, your preparation, have, you know, prepare, have a plan, have a purpose. When all of those things are line up and then you've got one or half a dozen people going, that's the one. Well, it's never going to fall, not fall. A transaction won't fall over because of a lack of preparation and planning on your part
0: yeah um, it's a little bit a little bit like um, not giving up too quickly. like I know in the time that uh, mine was on the market and it was um, through the negotiation period, like I was really actively or consciously aware that it was business as usual, and if anything, we were pushing to grow and we were carrying on and I think I often see people. And they want to sell because they're ready to give up and they want to have a rest. But actually, we can't give up at this point because we want to sell when you know when the when the party's still going. We want to sell at the top of our game, not at the bottom of our game. One to get the return, but you know, for the sake of the team and the clients and, and your future buyer. Um, and I know when I uh, after I sold, I worked for uh, the Sell On Software Timely for a couple of years. And I know when I left them to open the Sell On Owners Collective. Um, they were like, well, do you know, do you want to go straight away? And I was like, no, I'm in it all the way to the end. I'm, I'm <laughs> playing full out till the end. And so I want to encourage you, you've got to play out full out to the end, like leave on a high, don't just dribble away into the background. Uh, well, I heard this,
1: wins. No, that's right. I heard this, uh, this fantastic saying about um, everybody wants to join a winning team. So keep pushing forward, make sure that you've got the championship side, that somebody, whether it be a buyer or a staff member, you want to want that one that they want to join. And that does mean, yeah, pushing on and putting the extra hard yards in, it makes all the difference, yeah.
0: Right, let's talk about price. How are we gonna make, like, what are some of the formulas that we can think about in terms of uh, pricing it right?
1: Okay. Well, I can speak to this, uh, you know, from an Australian market perspective more than I can perhaps in some of the other markets that your uh, your, your wonderful salon owners community might uh, might uh, be listening from. Uh, but and, and I am happy to give some specific guide around you know things to consider from an Australian perspective. But it is also really important to uh, appreciate that. It depends, now it's it's a nice little safety checklist. It does depend. I mean, from an example perspective, if you can appreciate that if you've got a a short lease and a really old fit out that needs a lot of work, you're not gonna get as good an outcome as somebody that's got a really good long favorable lease, a brand new fit out with fantastic new equipment we just know that that one person's not going to get as good a result as the second one. Alternatively, you know, if, um, if the business is, the salon is all about you as an owner and you're going to be stepping out, there's vulnerabilities in the business that are going to um, have an adverse impact. Whereas on, on price on value and all of those sorts of things. However, if you have a great team and it's about the team, And they're going to stay in the business. If it's about the location and the brand that you built up, that is not about the salon owner. Well, it's going to be a lot more attractive. It's going to be a lot more valuable. And quite frankly, people are going to be really a lot more excited about it as well. And uh, the other thing as well is, it sounds funny, but the more comfort and confidence a buyer has, regardless of what that might look like, the more they're willing to pay you know, because they just want it. They, they're, they're buying the salon for whatever the reason it is. It, it's, most businesses are sold on, you know, the capitalization of future maintainable earnings. The more profitable the business is, the more valuable it is. You know, that's kind of a little bit of a guide. And I'll talk a little bit more specifics there for you shortly. Um, but, you know, the value of the assets play a really significant role in that as well. Um, so... Look, in the, you know, when you talk about from an Australian perspective, this is just very, a bit of a guide, okay? So, typically, salons are sold on either what they call a multiple of the profit they generate uh, for an owner or the value of the assets included in the sale, Now, the quality and the value of the fit out, as we indicated, can play a really significant role in achieving a higher price. So a good rule of thumb is to multiply your net profit, including your wage, by one to two times, plus the value of any stock that you have. Usually the better systems that are used in the salon, the less you work in the salon, the higher the multiple. So for example, if um, you work in the salon full time and generate a profit of $60,000 a year, a typical price would be around that sixty dollars to $90,000 a year plus stock. So that's in that one to one and a half time multiple. But if your salon is uh, run under uh, management and generates that same profit of about $60,000, a typical price would be around the 105 through to $120,000 plus stock. So that's in the one and three quarter times to about a two-time multiple of profit. Um, but it is really important to understand that whilst rules of thumb are useful, um, if you'd like our team to be able to provide an estimate of the current market value for your uh, any of your uh, selling owners, guys, we'd be happy to spend that time and go through and understand their specific circumstances. And we're more than happy to do that for your listeners for free. So just feel free to have them contact us. We'll spend that time to understand what their business might be worth. But more importantly, everybody's going to have an opinion on price. I guarantee you, you know, the owner's accountant will have a view. The buyer's accountant might have a different view. A buyer will, might, will certainly have a different view to the seller. So, regardless of what everybody's opinions are pr- in price are, we can talk to the, the structure, the circumstances, and um, I won't say tactics, but certainly the strategies that can play a role in achieving the highest price and importantly the most favourable terms when you actually sell your practice. Uh, when you when you actually sell your business and your salon, it will make all of the difference in the world.
0: Okay, great. So profitability, let's just use your example of 60,000. If you were drawing a wage on top of that, you would include that in that number, would that be true?
1: Yeah, well, most markets, including uh, Australia, New Zealand, elsewhere in the world, will have profit identified in slightly different ways. In Australia, you've got EBITDA, which is Earnings Before Interest Tax Depreciation and Amortisation, which is essentially a net profit for an owner at arm's length. Now, we know that there's also PIBIDA. Now PIBIDA stands for proprietor's earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization. Essentially that's the net profit for an owner working actively in the business including their wages. So the other one excludes um, market wages for the owner and one includes them. So it can look a little bit different. Usually uh, salons are sold on a PIBIDA basis because in most cases uh, salons you know will have a, uh, an owner that's active in the business. But as you know, there are lots of salons that might be under franchise systems or models where there's a manager in place, uh, a large team where the owner might have multiple uh, salons and their involvement in a specific one might be quite limited. So yeah, it's, uh, there's lots of nuances in there. And I know I started by saying it depends. It really does. <laughs> I
0: love it. And of course, that is rightly so. All right, well, this has been a super, super interesting uh, and super useful. And I love that you have uh, offered your checklist and offered to look and investigate in any businesses that uh, are interested in the process. Uh, before we wrap up uh, and talk about a quote and a resource, are there any other important pieces that um, I've forgotten to ask you about that you need to tell us?
1: Oh, look. To, to be honest, there's mountains and if there's a, an opportunity yeah. to catch up with you again and spend some more time uh, with your listeners and your salon owners, I, I, we love this community and we love helping people where we can and we're happy to provide any support that we possibly can. Again, just remember just because you know that the five logical buyers for just about any seller and it might include you know the competitor up the road or you know your, your friend who you've dealt with or known for a long time or your staff members just because don't fall into the trap of um of of disclosing that you're on the market or you're thinking of selling it's a trap that too many people fall into so please um you know just Confidentiality is key. We can sell a, um, a secret. That's all we do, and we're really good at helping people down that path. Um, so, yeah, don't approach any of those ones. Um, certainly the definitive checklist and selling your business is a great resource and would encourage and make that available to everybody. Uh, But the other thing as well is we have a really terrific um, blog as well. Um, Now that blog will provide uh, for anybody that's thinking about how to actually sell my salon business. And again, we'll provide a link, you know, so you can provide that to everybody. There's lots of tips and tricks on how to write the perfect advert and all of those sorts of things, talking about the benefits rather than just the features. And there's a lot of extra resource there as well. So I'd encourage anybody to do that. And uh, hopefully that's a help as well.
0: I will put the links to those resources on the show notes of this uh, episode. So it's easy to find. All right. Uh, What is a quote or a mantra that keeps you sane moving forward when uh, times are tough or or even when times are good? Uh, What can you share with us, Ian?
1: oh look for me it's a it's a simple one but uh one that i encourage not only for my myself but for others as well always start with the end in mind and build the business you want not just work in the business you already have
0: i like that i like that a lot That reson that resonates a lot all right um what's a book or a resource i know you're going to share some resources with us but what's a book that you've read recently that you think all uh business owners should get
1: their hands on? Well, to to be honest, when it comes down to this one, just speaking specifically to our, um, you know, a salon audience, I really do think that how to sell my salon business blog is probably a really great place to start. And there'll be all sorts of different links to other books and and, or other resources that would be of value. So I'd probably start with that one for sure to start with.
0: Perfect. That link will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, um, this has been super useful, and I hope for you listening that uh, there's been some great takeaways. Ian, thank you for your time today. I appreciate
1: it. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Larissa.
0: And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you so much, Ian, for your valuable knowledge on what the process of selling your seller may look like. Uh, I always enjoy learning... Every time that I chat with an expert on different topics, I always have some takeaways from that also. So if you're feeling a little bit lost and considering selling your salon or weighing up whether you're making the right decision for your future or whether you're just having a bad week, those happen too. Um, please know that both the normal and many salon owners have felt this way, myself included. And if you're looking for some advice around ditching business overwhelm and need direction for the future, come and join me in our profitable and successful salon owners Facebook group. Now, this is the place that you can chat, ask all of your questions to a huge community of like-minded salon owners. Me and my team are also in there. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm going to leave the link to the group in the show notes of this episode. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for another episode of the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Ciao for now. but make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.